Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. (laughs) Because politics needed a (laughs) rebrand. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. Are you recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, here we Panic are. Panic at the disco. It's Panic at the disco. Fine. We're all recording. We're going. And this is just, it's new for us, guys. If mm-hmm. you're here and you're listening, you're like, what in the world? Why are we doing top stories in their own episode? Well, let's explain, Samantha. Um, we were just thinking. We were just thinking. Mm, we were thinking, which is always dangerous <laughs> for always society. Dangerous. So reasoning here is really for for time both for our top stories so that we can Mm. cover more stories cover them more in depth but also for our interviews with our amazing guests which will still be coming out every wednesday we want to be able to also not worry about time with them because we are tangent queens as you know (laughs) we are let me we are literally just sound like winnie the pooh side note no tigger tigger um keep going I miss Money the Pooh, too. Anyways, so, yeah, we just decided to split up the episodes every week so that, you know, we have more time to really break down the news, but also break down, like, the shit in the news because there's so many terms and definitions and things that we probably just shoot out at you every week and don't fully give explainers for. So we want to be able to have the time to do that, but, again, have the time with our guests to really dive in and not have to worry about, you know, it being too long of an episode because the other thing is like I don't know about you but my hot girl walks aren't really like more than an hour so I'm just trying to we're just trying to think of like what's more efficient for everybody you know when you're cooking when you're on your hot girl walks whatever it is I feel like that's not exceeding an hour you know oh I am the one exception I go on pretty long walks but like I feel like the average average like I also feel like too if you have a very set amount of time like for lunch or whatever your break is you know there is you're on the clock you're on the clock yeah whereas totally. like for us like we be more fluid commute, a little bit i hope you're not commuting mm. over an hour you know true so true point is is we're just trying to split this up so we can dive into both our top stories and our guest interviews because they're both so important and if you guys like Oh, I hate this idea. Like, do let us know because we definitely want to like <laughs> try nicely. this out and see how it is. And uh, so these top stories will be coming out Tuesdays because also like the news gets so crazy over the weekend, I feel like for some reason. Well, I feel like it's also just taken a wild turn because not that people still don't do this, but it was like an old trick of the trade is release something on a, on a Friday, let it get buried on the weekend. But now mm-hmm. the things that are coming out are so crazy or so yeah. like such big news items on Fridays that I don't think anyone takes a beat. You can't sleep on them. Yeah. No. Totally. They're not totally. they're not sleepers. 
there. So yeah. Mm, yeah. That's the plan here. Again, plan. we'll still release kind of our normal episodes on Wednesdays with guests and, you know, maybe a nice longer intro of Sam and I talking about nothingness. But again, let us know your your thoughts and your feedback. If this is if you're like, wait, I'd rather it all just live in one place every week in one episode, like let us know. That's totally fine. Just wanted to see if this is a fun solution we can try. But let's just get on into it because there is a lot of news to go over. Congress is back. The Senate is in session today and the House will return tomorrow. So we're going to run through what they are working on. So to kick it off, we obviously like Sam got into, you know, special sessions last week in state Mm. government. Um, But just as a reminder and a little explainer, the annual series of meetings of a Congress is called a session. Each Congress generally has two sessions based on the constitutional mandate that Congress assemble at least once a year. In addition, a meeting of one or both houses is a session. So, again, you guys, we're giving you definitions. We're giving you explainers in this new top story segment. But kind of first thing on the docket is January 6th, Select Committee will hold what could be its last two public hearings this week while the House takes up the defense authorization bill and pro-abortion rights legislation. The latest inflation data will be released early Wednesday morning with the threat of a recession looming. So again, let's get into where are we starting, Samantha, with your your senator, your sweet boy, Chucky. Oh, sweet boy. I Just side note, though, like the name Chuck... <laughs> Where where are we going with that? Because Chuck, to me, it's like you're literally physically chucking something. Mm-hmm. Also, is that like a New York thing or like an East Coast thing saying that you chuck something or is that no. across the board? Unless like okay. it, you use that word a lot, which I I don't. People don't really use that word, that word a lot, but chuck exists here as well. Yep. Okay. Just, you know, getting a little origin <laughs> story. You know, those Isn't details, it weird but... how the West Coast and East Coast is like basically like the cultures are so different that it says if they're different countries. I thought like, is that what you guys do over, you know, in the UK? <laughs> it's like that. It's, it's that the translator sometimes. for the phrases and the vibes. I, It is wild to me. I do think, and I may have said this at an earlier point, and this isn't an East Coast, West Coast. This is a, a North South. But like my favorite phrase from the South is literally bless, bless your heart, which is basically like a fuck you apparently. And I. Is it? I love that. It's apparently like. And look, any of our amazing Southern listeners, if I'm so wrong and I've been mistold, please tell me. Our listeners are like, Sam, we're nice here in the South. (laughs) Bless your heart just means bless your heart. I think it's like kind of like a passive aggressive, like, oh, bless her heart. And it's like, instead of like being like, Mm. well. I see like a lot of like housewives like sitting around like, Mm -hmm. oh, your daughter did that. Bless her heart. (laughs) Like, I'll pray for her kind of thing. Like a judgment. Judgment. I feel that. But we're getting so sidetracked, as per so usual. Sidetracked. It all started with Chuck. And when we're talking about Chuck, we are talking about Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leiter. 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 Anyways, he announced Sunday night that he tested positive for COVID. Now, this leads to an interesting situation. Let us tell you more. The Senate is supposed to be voting on the nomination of Stephen Dettelbach to serve as the director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. I don't know why I needed to say it that way, but you're all (laughs) so welcome. There hasn't been a Senate-confirmed ATF director since 2015, and the White House and Dem leaders would like to get Dettelbach in place. GOP Senators Susan Collins, Maine, Rob Portman, Ohio, voted with all 50 Democrats to discharge the nomination from the Senate Judiciary Committee, giving 
Dettelbach, I really like every time I look at it, it's like the two T's make my eyes go cross-eyed. Okay, anyways, more than enough votes for confirmation. Schumer was going to just schedule a cloture vote, which is a procedure that allows the Senate to vote to limit debate and end a filibuster. <clears throat> anyways. <clears throat> Emphasis wink, wink, on end a filibuster. That is my favorite phrase. On Dettelbach's nomination as early as Tuesday with final passage to follow. However, however, here's a little asterisk for us all. Schumer and Senator Patrick Leahy, good old Vermont, we we love a Vermont moment, are out. Leahy fell on June 29th and broke his hip. Ouch. The 82-year-old Vermont. How funny, but it's just, funny. No, but it's just like, it's just the theme of what we've been talking about for it's weeks. The of like the grandpas, the grandpas, and the grandmas. That's it. That's Isn't that a say. song? <laughs> Is that not like a famous song from when we were like, our parents were youngins? Like... Dad, if you're listening, I'm going to need you to chime in. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Chime in. Nonetheless, as long as a Dettelbach vote is 48-48, then Vice President Kamala Harris can break the tie and Leahy's presence isn't required. Democrats will just have to see if all 50 Republicans show up. Also, Schumer can simply reschedule this vote for next week. However, and this is the one thing, I just want to like asterisk with this again. That's just going to be my word today. Sorry, not sorry. Is... That so much shit has been happening within one week these days Mm. that's, like, so unexpected. Like, there are things that are expected, but then something is just beyond, like, next-level breaking news. And I feel like it changes the the dynamic of everything. Well, and they're, like, about to go on another recess. I'm like, dude, come on. I I wish I had that many recesses. probably a lot of slides and swings to go on, and they're like, uh. Yeah, they're playing tetherball. (laughs) (laughs) and they need to stop but anyways that leads us to reconciliation which is the issue for july and reconciliation we'll get into like the meeting in a second was it brian's episode where we talk about that yeah so if you go to listen to our episode it's from november 17th of 2021 brian derrick comes on and explains the build back better bill and also the process on how to pass it which we talk about reconciliation i'm I'm pretty sure. But regardless, it's a good episode to go listen to because he explains kind of what's in this bill and what's at stake and the mansion of it all. And just like now it's all all of that that we talked about in November is being reconsidered now. So Schumer and Senator Joe Manchin are negotiating a scaled down $1 trillion reconciliation package, build back better. But serious hurdles remain. And then as far as reconciliation, Congress sometimes uses the special legislative process to quickly advance high priority fiscal legislation. It allows for expedited consideration for certain tax spending and debt limit legislation. And the Senate reconciliation bills are, aren't subject to filibuster and the scope of amendments are limited, giving the process real advantages for enacting controversial budget and tax measures. So... There's your little sure. quick synopsis on reconciliation. But again, that episode with Brian, I think, explains the Build Back Better beast much the better. Beast. Did also, you like that? LOLing <laughs> that the beast, the beast of Build Back Better, the three to four Bs. Four Bs. However, I do love that it's being called now Build Back Mansion. And I feel like it's just like a nice little passive aggressive like F you, you know? Yeah, but I'm also feeling like he's loving that he's you know, yeah, the see, that's of attention. Thing. <laughs> he's so. like, oh my god, it's me. It's about me. Yeah, he's like, like add my name in there. 
everyone's looking at me. He's like, buy me some more expensive dinners and we'll chat. Anyway, so she were in the White House. I know wrong person, but just say The what? The Mortons of it all, even though it's like literally the wrong person. Mortons? Oh, with one of like this. I think it was Kavanaugh who had to like leave the back door of Morton's like the steakhouse in DC because people were getting in his face. Oh yes. Yeah. That's a, that's about... a little top no- news story for a second. Yeah. I know. A little, little blip. And apparently Morton's was like defending Kavanaugh and like took the side of that. And I was like, he has the right to like eat his dinner in peace. And it's like, no, you don't. Absolutely. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> but uh, we have the right to twice. protest him. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take your um, steak and shove it up your bootay. Anyways. Bootay. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Schumer and the White House want to put a bill on the floor before the Senate leaves for the August recess. Again, Tetherball Tournament needs to be put on hold for a while. We got things to do. If there's a deal. And the fate of USICA, which is a massive China competitiveness bill, is tied to the reconciliation legislation as well. Sources involved in this Schumer Mansion talk say good progress has been made and they're hopeful an agreement can come together. Schumer and Mansion were supposed to meet this week. That's not postponed because Schumi has the vid, but it's certain they'll talk. Schumi has the vid. <sighs> but anyways, as lawmakers return to the Capitol for the first time since the Supreme Court overturned Roe, the House plans this week to tee up. We're basically back on the golf course. Did they really even come back? Anyways, legislation that would protect women who live in states that ban or restrict pregnancy terminations so they could lawfully seek reproductive health services in states that allow abortions. Second bill updates the proposed Women's Health Protection Act, which would codify abortion rights into law and expand on Roe's protections. The House adopted the measure last fall. Both House measures face high hurdles in the Senate. We're at now. We went from golf course to track <laughs> me. That is yep. what I'm seeing. Yeah. That's all right. At least they're painting the picture for us. That's yeah. yeah and I would I'm... like to use this as a little, you know, classic action item moment, and that is call your reps, call your reps, mm-hmm. call your reps, and tag your reps. Although I did know what I interestingly did notice recently, DMs are still open for a lot of reps, and like so are like comment sections. But the amount that you now can't tag in posts, oh really? Including including ones that I like would be voting in our favor. Mm-hmm. I'd say both sides of the aisle, I'm seeing you this as a thing. Their tags. Yeah. And but you I can think still DM them. Still DM them. Okay. As of, well, that's good. At least the ones I'm thinking of. I mean, it's still, it would still be helpful to like tag if you want to like post about, you know. Make it a hashtag. Women's Health Protection Act. Yeah, but still tag them because then other, your followers can then click on their page and either comment or DM. Yeah. So rep, anyone so. that can be tagged, if they can't be tagged, hashtag their name. Oh, like it won't even populate. Yeah, no, like oh, it like basically graze it out and yeah. you like can't like click on it. You can't tag them. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Schumer has already submitted a Democrat drafted Medicare prescription drug pricing proposal to the Senate parliamentarian for review. That was quite the pronunciation. <laughs> was it good or bad? Uh, yeah, I'll give it lukewarm. Okay. <laughs> what? How do you say it? Parliamentarian. What did I say? Parliament. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. We're gonna have to run run back the tapes. Um, but Democrats aren't expecting any guidance from the par- parliamentarians. 
office on the proposal this week. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that the proposal would save the federal government nearly $288 billion over a decade. That's that's cool. Hmm. Look, I love, love saving some dollars. Love saving some dollars, that's for sure. Anyways, Senate Democrats also have had a deal, a deal to raise taxes on pass-through, quote-unquote pass-through income for small business owners who make more than 400K annually, 500K for couples, with the revenue generated by this tax going to boost Medicare's solvency. There's no agreement on a global minimum tax, which is a rate of tax on corporate income internationally, agreed upon and accepted by individual jurisdictions. This is a very important issue for corporate America, and party leaders will have to resolve the state and local tax deduction fight as well. So think about if you heard of the fall SALT. That is what we're talking about. One of our episodes to go listen to is with Congressman Swazi, and he talks about that specifically because he's on the Ways and Means Committee. So that is a really good one to listen to and get sort of the backstory there. Mm -hmm. Anyways, aside from that and my snapping, (sighs) block of blue state House Democrats saying they won't vote for any reconciliation package that doesn't address this matter. The price tag for this provision is high, high as the sky, a.k.a. we're hitting clouds. And the politics are tough. Who wrote this? <laughs> politics. They're tough. They're tough. <laughs> and the politics. The politics are tough. It sounds like a movie trailer or something. Really the price is. tag for this provision is high. And the politics, they're tough. <laughs> How do Democrats vote to give millionaire homeowners a tax break right before an election? Well, howdy doody. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, another big challenge, which is what to do about enhanced premium subsidies for Obamacare enrollees. So this additional support runs out at the end of the year, and millions of enrollees could see massive increases in their premiums if nothing is done. So Manchin has concerns about this provision, but it's a big priority for Democratic leaders on the Hill, Democratic governors, and the White House. Democratic Um, Senator Kirsten... Yep. Does Manchin is Manchin not concerned about anything? Like he literally, anytime there's <laughs> what are his hot button issues? <laughs> everything, <laughs> just everything. Either everything or nothing all at once. It's a freaking like, smorgasbord. Literally. Borg. Wait, a smorgasbord. Um, smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think I literally just combined smorgasbord. We fucking and Williamsburg. Williamsburg and smorgasbord. <laughs> Yeah. So Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona was deeply involved in crafting the tax provision for the Build Back Better Act. And she has yet to show her hand on this new effort. So far, she's letting Manchin take the lead, but there's no deal without Sinema's assent, of course. And she's been skeptical of tax increases. So finally, there are environmental and climate change provisions. There's been a lot of focus on electric vehicle tax credits, something something mansion has complained about for a while i wonder why i wonder why could it be your connection to fossil fuels sir this might uh, be mm, open secrets we're gonna direct you there (laughs) as well as to our episode with open secrets talking about connecting the dots between politicians and corporations and otherwise all the all the givers all the donors Mm -hmm. so many givers out there anyways you can find out who gives to mansion he is worried about the impact of high energy costs and also wants to ramp up fossil fuel production in the short run while the united states eventually transitions to cleaner sources what until you're dead yeah what 
ramp up fossil fuel produ- production in the short run. We've been this has been the long run. This has been what's happening. It also just is so happening. bullshit because it takes away like I feel like this is the whole issue with all this gas price stuff is at the end of the day like this isn't like a government thing this is called like major corporations yeah. taking advantage of people and having better messaging and making it look like it's not them and that there's these shortages and it's like no it's corporate no. freaking greed and yeah. i really just cannot yeah and like yeah that's probably what too like a lot of these corporations and lobbyists are like telling mansion they're like okay we understand clean energy is coming it's inevitable like we can't avoid it at this point, but let's delay it as long as possible. So let's say we were, we want to ramp up fossil fuel production in the meantime as we transition. Like what the fuck? That doesn't make any any type of sense. It's wacky. Anyways, money, money, money. That's the answer. Money. Um, Anyways, no agreement at this point to report. We will keep you updated as we like to say. Keep you updated. The midterms are 120 days away. This is the last bout of real legislating before the midterm elections, which again, less than four months away. It's the Democrats' final opportunity at enacting a package that could help them with voters. So there we go. There is the legislative agenda of our Congress. But let's move to the White House because Biden is making some moves on abortion access. But good old Joe said Sunday he is considering declaring a public health emergency to free up federal resources to promote abortion access, even though the White House has said it doesn't seem like a great option. But specifically, Biden said he has tasked his team with advising whether he is he has such authority and if so, what ramifications a declaration could trigger. And that that declaration being a public health emergency. He also offered a message to people. I really thought that said massage. Anyways, a message to people. <laughs> That's where my brain is at as well. Loki, I, like, I kind of saw that too. <laughs> Same wavelength. It's fine. Ugh, but anyways, he also offered a message to people enraged by the Supreme Court's ruling last month that ended a constitutional right to abortion and who have been demonstrating across the country. Keep protesting. Keep making your point. It's critically important. Anyways, that's a fun slogan vibe. The president in remarks to reporters during a stop on a bike ride, which always dangerous for him with his reputation which he didn't fall. He didn't fall this time. Really proud of him. But I'm glad he's getting back on on the bike. Yeah, I'm glad he's not letting it stop him, you know? I mean, this is another one where a little... (laughs) (laughs) This is one, though, where, like, I would be nervous about another hip injury. I know. I mean, okay. only we didn't have so many grandmas and grandpas... That we had to worry about like i literally the guy i was just dating had like a really bad hip issue and has hip surgery in high school that's embarrassing I, for him and i was literally thinking in my <laughs> in my head i was like this is gonna suck when we're older if we're like together i'm like fucker i know we gotta pay for a hip replacement i was like put that on the books <laughs> this is what you gotta think start, about when you're dating start someone saving start saving anyways this little bike ride this little cadoodle happened near his delaware beach house and said he lacks the power to force the dozen plus states with strict restrictions or outright bans on abortion to allow the procedure i'm just like true. picturing him on a bike like at his delaware beach house just stopping by for some reporters like putting some statements out there like i would if i was the, the comms team at the white house i'd be like um excuse me this was this is not approved like you know, like paparazzi videos of like celebrities really asking questions, like as they're walking to their car. Like that's what I'm imagining. Wait, low key. I'm like, though. Biden needs but like I a full. Like- he needs a full prep. There's also a video where he like, I don't know if you saw this. My conservative uncle posted it and thought it was like oh, God. some like you know political gotcha moment. 
Yeah, gotcha moment, exactly. But he was reading the teleprompter and literally said, repeat the line. God the, like, teleprompter cue. He was, like, reading his speech and then was like, repeat the line. And then, like, repeated what he just said. <laughs> and it's just, like... That's pretty funny. I'm, like, first of all, my, uh, to my I would uncle, do that. You would do that. I would do that. Like, we're, we're human, okay? I just can't with, like... I was telling my sister, too. I was, like, even the whole bike, the Biden falling off the bike thing, like... And people actually using that as some type of political argument for anything. And, like, when Trump, like, scooted his way down the ramp, like, I just thought it was funny. But that wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, yelling from the rooftops that that's why I didn't want him as my president. (laughs) Like, see? Um, Like, and also the toilet paper incident. Um, Yeah, and, like, that's just, like, human humor. Like, it's not, like, the reason why I don't approve of his presidency. But, like, the fact that people actually use these moments as, like political gotcha moment this is hilarious to me it's but you know what category it kind of fits in for me like in a i don't even know what category this really is but like you know how bush had his little flub a few weeks or might have been a few months ago at this point yeah but like anyways when he was like oh my gosh like unjust like invasion you shouldn't and he instead of saying ukraine he said iraq and i first of all not enough attention i think we talked about this with someone recently too definitely yeah but, like, that feels, like, somehow the same type of blooper as the bike incident. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, Bush, like, he he was already, I hate to say it, but not the brightest Not bulb. the brightest bulb. But nope. now he's old, and now he's also, he's been out of the game, the political game, for a long time now. I'm sure he hasn't done mm-hmm. a speech in a long time. So I, I give him grace grace for that moment but it was just the irony of it was pretty mind-blowing of how i don't know if it was like his subconscious like admitting (laughs) his guilt or what but i think it must have been i really do yeah Yeah. but anyways back to biden and abortion so the biden administration on monday told hospitals that they quote must provide abortion services if the life of the mother is at risk, saying federal law on emergency treatment guidelines preempts state laws and jurisdictions that now ban the procedure without any exceptions following the Supreme Court's decision to end a constitutional right to abortion. The Department of Health and Human Services cited requirements on medical facilities in the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act. The law requires medical facilities to determine whether a person seeking treatment may be in labor or whether they face an emergency health situation or one that that could develop into an emergency and to provide treatment. So basically, who said this? The agency guidance states if a physician believes that a pregnant patient presenting at an emergency department is experiencing an emergency medical condition and that abortion is the stabilizing treatment necessary to resolve that condition, the physician must provide that treatment. When a state law prohibits abortion and does not include an exception for the life of the pregnant person or draws the exception more narrowly than the EMTA. T-A-L-A, Jesus, the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, Emergency Medical Condition Definition, that state law is preempted. The fact that this is even a question in states of whether to save a mother's life, but it is, (laughs) and we are now taking federal measures to protect a mother's life, and hopefully that fully comes to fruition, but that is that on that. Biden is making some moves on the abortion front. Is it as aggressive as we want? No, but is it also kind of like in the scope of what he's really able Able to to do? do. Yeah. So 
again, call your reps because they're going to be the key if we can possibly get codifying row. It's going to be through them. So call, 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 email, email, DM, DM, DM. Call, 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 Text, text, text. I think you can text them. Email. Mm, I don't think it's – Send letters. I know Pennsylvania state reps you can – you can do a little texty text, I believe. Okay, Sarah, if you're listening and we're wrong, please tell us. Love you. <laughs> so next story is Biden in the Middle East. He's taking a big trip out there. So all eyes are on this trip. There's a lot kind of happening. But to kick it off, one of the things people are watching is the Israeli and Arab cooperation, which Biden will become the first U.S. president to travel directly from Israel, his destination to Saudi Arabia, his last stop before returning to Washington. The itinerary is a reflection of, a, of friendlier relationships between um, Israel and its Arab neighbors, a tectonic shift that is reshaping the region's politics. Although no one expects Israel and Saudi Arabia to announce formal diplomatic ties during Biden's trip, more incremental steps could be taken, such as allowing Israeli commercial flights to cross over the kingdom en route to other countries nearby. There's already a huge surge in security cooperation being presided over by the U.S. Military Central Command, which oversees operations in the region. John Kirby, a national security spokesman for the White House, said that the military partnership is intended to foster a regional air defense system that could protect against Iranian ballistic missiles and drones. So that's Israeli-Arab cooperation relationship situation in Biden's role. But next is this Iran nuclear deal, Samantha. Ah, yes. The threat of Iran is one of the primary incentives for Israel and Arab countries to work more closely together. And the issue will likely be a top focus for Biden's meetings. Israel views Iran as its greatest threat, and Sunni Arab countries consider Shia Iran as a dangerous competitor for regional power. Biden wants to rejuvenate the nuclear deal, not by doing a face mask, but regardless, that was reached by President Barack Obama in 2015 and abandoned by trump in 2018 but negotiations appear to have stalled like a car from 1995 israel which is widely believed to be the only you're really painting nuclear... this picture beautifully i really <laughs> thank you thank you got those paintbrushes out nice little yeah. set from ac Moore. it's fine uh, <laughs> israel which is widely believed to be the only nuclear believed believed keyword believed to be the only nuclear armed state in the region but does not acknowledge having such weapons was opposed to the deal it didn't like that the agreement limited Iran's nuclear enrichment for only a set period of time, nor did it address Iran's ballistic missile program or other military activities in the region. Now Israel is calling for increasing sanctions to pressure Tehran into agreeing to, 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 to a more sweeping accord. Biden is expected to visit one of Israel's missile defense installations as he tries to reassure Israelis that the U.S. is committed to the country's protection. This guy is going to need some coffee. But... Another piece of this Middle East trip is addressing the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. Even though Israel is building closer ties to Arab countries, there's been no progress towards resolving its decades-long conflict with the Palestinians. And then Biden plans to visit with Mahmoud Abbas. That was good. I think so. I think that was good. The head of Palestinian Authority in Bethlehem during his trip. But it's unlikely that there will be an opportunity to prod either him or the Israeli prime minister to reopen talks. So there's that on that. Next little chunk. 
Biden will likely be confronted with more fallout over the death of a Palestinian-American journalist who was killed two months ago. The tree of journalists will also be a focal point when Biden visits Saudi Arabia. U.S. intelligence believes that the kingdom's crown prince likely approved the killing of a U.S.-based writer for the Washington Post who is critical of the regime. The murder was carried out by agents who worked for the crown prince, and it took place inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in 2018. Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oil production. Oil production. The next chunk or piece of this trip that, you know, Biden is prioritizing is oil production. So Biden will likely face pressure to temper his criticism of Saudi Arabia's human rights record to persuade the kingdom and its neighbors to pump more oil and alleviate months of sky high prices at the gas pump. The Saudis, among the biggest energy producers in the world, are already producing near their full capacity of 11 million barrels of oil per day. And the members of the OPEC nations, including the Saudis, are likely to be cautious when it comes to demands from the U.S. Trump urged OPEC to scale back production as the U.S. oil industry is wobbled. Now, as the Russian invasion of Ukraine has driven up prices, Biden wants OPEC to produce more, even though there are fears of a global recession around the corner. Elevated oil prices are simply good business for the Saudis, de facto leader of OPEC. The kingdom reported that the value of its crude exports were about $1 million per day. Sorry, that sounded like million, but I said billion, one billion per day in March and April, and 123% increase compared to the same period in 2021. So obviously we all feel and see the gas prices here. So big part of this trip for Biden. But here we are, you guys. Those are our top stories in this special separate top stories episode again hope you guys like this structure like this switch up and having everything broken up but if you don't let us know but we will be back tomorrow with an amazing guest that we will just maybe keep you hanging on for a few more hours (laughs) until it's dropped who our guest is but don't forget to tune in tomorrow it's going to be a really 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 good episode really good Mm, and really informative what? You know what we're forgetting? A good, this is, because we can do this early now, we have a good spot to get some audience questions. And Ooh, we have yes. quite a few episodes that we're recording in advance this week. And one of them, one of them I think we're going to get a lot of cues for. And it's all about reforming the Supreme Court. So if mm. you have questions on how this could be done, some of the different policy proposals, whether it's expanding the court, term limits, you name it, or there's a funky idea out there, you're wondering if it exists, whatever, throw us your cues in the DMs. Or if you're not a DM person, maybe you're not on IG. I get you. I totally feel it. Email us. Email us at info at girlinthegov.com and make your subject line audience question. Yeah. And other piece of audience questions thing. that we need from you guys are inflation and recession questions. Oh, right, we right, do right. have we have an episode coming up where we are going to ask all of our inflation and recession questions. So if you guys have those, it's a very tricky and confusing topics. And I both are very confused about it. So in haven't dated enough finance guys to be able to very much <laughs> explain that. Yeah. Upsetting um, for some, not for all. <laughs> email those questions at info as well or DM us with them. But I would say those are kind of like big two topics and episodes coming up that I feel like people will have questions for. So slide on in and then tune in tomorrow for our our amazing episode with another amazing guest. It might be a repeat guest. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But tune in. And that's that on that. I don't know how to end this episode. I'm going to have to work on it. But You know what? I know what the end is. (laughs) 
and it's going to be a quick one. There is going to be a few just little housekeeping moments, and that is share, rate, review. You guys are reviewing the pod, especially on Apple. It really helps us grow. We really, really, really appreciate when you guys send those in. And then on Spotify, too, if you listen to an episode, which hopefully maybe you're listening on Spotify. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, give us a little little rate over there as well. And then share the pod with friends. I want everyone to go to girlinthegov.com slash vote. And I want you to take that link. You're going to copy and paste it. And you're going to put it in your Instagram bio. Or any of your other social medias. And you are going to have it there. And you're going to direct people to that link to register to vote, check their registration, pledge to vote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have a lot of tools right there, especially on your IG. Maybe, look, maybe it's like your ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend is stalking you. She's giving you like a little one over. Great. Remind her to, you know, sign up to vote. AK register. I don't know why I'm signing up. Like, whatever. You get my point. Yeah, insert in your bios, put it on your socials, and keep just posting about politics and these issues. We can't stop talking about these things, be it gun reform, reproductive rights. So just remember to take care of yourself. Don't burn out, but do the little things every day that we need to do. But that's um, all on that. And what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sign yeah, up for yeah, our brand ambassador program. Girlinthegov.com. But that is it for this top stories we'll episode. Shut up. We promise. <laughs> we'll be talking to you tomorrow, so we won't be shutting up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Toodles. Bye. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.